Radio Pulpit, 6.57 a.m. On the line, we are joined by Nogutula Maslangu from Precise Interventions. Uh, Nogutula, good evening and welcome to Radio Pulpit, ma'am. Good evening, Godfrey. Thank you so much and good evening to all the listeners. Firstly, tell us uh, more about who you are as Nogutula Maslangu. Where were you born and what is that you are doing? Okay, sure. I'd love to. Um, I am a young lady from the city of Ekuruleni. I was born and raised there. Um, I grew up to study social work, very passionate about assisting people find solutions to their problems and some of the challenges that life um, gives us. I am a Christian. I absolutely love integrating the work I have learned in my degrees with my beliefs also. And so I run my own company, Precise Interventions, as you have mentioned. And we are a wellness company. Um, We give services to individuals, groups and families, as well as our corporate clients. And we overall, we assist people to heal, connect, and to build their lives and overcome challenges. We do this through counseling, through wellness, through education, self-development, and, um, you know, group intervention. Fantastic. That's a wonderful profile there. So tonight we are talking about uh, uh, grief and looking at uh, mm. uh, different types of grieving, normal grieving and what we can call ab- abnormal grieving. Uh, if you can elaborate in terms of what is normal grieving and what is an abnormal one. Yes, definitely. So we experience loss in different ways in our lives and sometimes we experience loss through death or through a permanent separation from someone whom we really loved and grief accompanies this loss most people who experience normal grief they experience feelings such as sorrow numbness anger or even depression but we do expect that over time these feelings ease as our own abilities to live with our pain and the loss um, really develops and our resilience helps us. However, there are instances where people have these feelings of pain and sadness over a long period of time. And this is complicated grief or complex grief. Um, Or it is also referred to as persistent complex bereavement disorder. We're able to recognize this by seeing... um, we pick up a person who is going through abnormal grief because they just cannot adjust to the loss. So they continue to be in that, in that cycle of sadness and depression and even physical illness over and over again over long periods of time. So they can't move on and they fixate on it. They focus on their loved one and they focus on how life cannot have any meaning without their loved one. So that is how we differentiate between what is normal grief and what is abnormal or complex grief. Let's go back to the abnormal or the complex one there. Is it self-inflicted or is it just that uh, uh, the grief itself is overwhelming to the extent that people can get, sort of get over it? Well, what, what causes that? Is it people mm. themselves or is it just that the, the grief is too much? Uh, to the extent that people can't just get over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We definitely cannot um, assume that everyone is going to grieve the same way. 
And so there are groups of individuals whom we sometimes see complicated grief or abnormal grief um, becoming, um, you know, uh, or showing itself. And the first group of people who go through this are those who are unable to self-regulate or express emotions. And usually this is children or teenagers or even individuals who have just been socialized not to express themselves. And the problem with being unable to express yourself is that you don't have a an outlet that assists you to make sense of the grief. We also see abnormal grief with individuals who've experienced severe trauma that is accompanied by the loss. For instance, we come across an individual who has lost a loved one during a very traumatic event when perhaps that loved one was killed in front of them or was brutally killed in front of them, and they too sustained a lot of trauma in different ways or being violated in different ways. So I would say it is a combination of how the loss has happened, the state in which the loss has also found you, because if your resilient levels are already under pressure, you are already trying to manage multiple losses or multiple traumas, and then you're thrown into a deep end of a very major loss. It just takes so much longer for that individual to deal with and come to terms with and process this very heavy grief that they could be facing. Secondly, we do find that grief can be prolonged and eventually become very abnormal when people do not find healthy ways of coping with the grief. So people can turn to substances to assist them in their process of numbing um, their feelings. And this only for a while, for a moment, assists them to forget and to be numb. But as soon as they come back, they are still faced with that loss that they must face. um, And they need to change their behavior so that they can heal and that they can repay, that they can um, process the loss and eventually let go of, of, of the person that they have lost. Now, going through what we call a new normal, which is COVID-19, we have seen something rare, something that we have not seen in years, uh, families burying uh, their loved ones, uh, more than one of them, in a very short space of time. Mm-hmm. How do you think will this affect people going forward? It will definitely affect people going forward. One of the things that we are all facing right now is the way that we are saying goodbye to our loved ones. Rituals are a huge part of us processing loss. Through attending a funeral and through making preparations to bid farewell to the person that we love, we then engage in a series of processes that help us to recognize, to accept and acknowledge that they are gone and have a good cry and let go. However, we're finding that With COVID-19, the way that we are saying goodbye to people is very different. If that person is not even your family member, you might not even be allowed to go to that funeral. And if you are going, it is so different from what we are used to. So this can be a breeding ground for a lot of um, unresolved emotions. 
it can be very easy because we didn't participate in rituals of letting people go to then take that issue of loss and put it at the back burner in our minds and just let it sit there and not really allow ourselves to feel the emotions, to go through the emotions. Because the only way to, to, to really face pain and heal is to go through the pain. So we can be affected in that way. And secondly, due to this uncertainty that we're all facing during this COVID-19 period, there are already stresses that are testing our resilience capacities. Some of us have lost income, lost jobs. We are in a very vulnerable state. There is fear around getting ill. There is fear when you go out. There are many things to think about and consider in how we normally live life. We cannot do that right now as we are used to. And that alone places some strain on our ability to show up, on our resilience, and on our good health and how we are generally functioning. Now take that person whose resilience is already under pressure, and then they experience loss. It is like putting more things onto a plate that is already full. Processing all of that is going to demand so much more time, so much more resources for that person to eventually get to that place where they can have their plate cleaned. That's what makes being um, courageous to seek help and to talk and to get assistance very important right now. It's not a time to put things in a back burner and pack them away for one day when they pop up and explode in our faces. It's the time to learn how to mindfully live each day and mindfully address the emotions as they come to us. And that is a skill that we can learn, a very important one to learn during such a time as this of so much uncertainty. What do you mean by, by rituals? Do you mean attending the funeral and the burials? And uh, if that is what you mean, how important is that with regard to seeing to it that people heal uh, and uh, you know heal quickly if possible? Yes, yes. So when I speak about ritual, I speak about those, those things we're engaged in to formally say goodbye to the person that we have lost. Um, we we might have members of our congregation come to our house and engage in prayer with us. We might um, see our pastor or see our spiritual leader who encourages us. Um, we might also go through a process of, of writing, um, you know, on the read, saying goodbye. So it's it's different for different families. And these are very important because... As our outward body engages in an activity, our inward mind, our heart, then also has an opportunity to acknowledge that this is actually really happening. I am really having to say goodbye to these people. But also, some of those rituals gave us access to support structure. As I've mentioned, maybe your your, your family or your friends or neighbors or people from your our congregation at church would come and support you. However, right now, with all the restrictions and many people being very cautious and maybe fearful also, 
you find that 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 support structure has also been eliminated or has been um, depleted or made very small. And so this might lead a person to having um, little resources to assist them as they deal with, um, with the loss that they have experienced. So rituals are very important because they do give us access to support as well as assist our minds to acknowledge, to accept, because we go through a phase of denial after we've lost a loved one. And that denial is slowly given attention and slowly slowly melts away and phases away as we as as we realize that okay this is my reality i have lost this loved one and it's time for me to let them go or to say goodbye and how more can uh, denial exacerbate this or a grieving process because i know that there are people who are saying i know what it can be it can be that person is still alive etc how will it affect them in the long run Yes. In the long run, a person who is fixated in the phase or the, 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 the period of denial can develop very severe mental health challenges because our bodies and our minds are connected. And when we are unable to accept a new reality and we go on pretending or we go on with the expectation that the reality we're living in is going to change. Our spirit, our, our, our emotions grow tired of telling that story. And what tends to happen with people who are in denial is that they can get physically ill. So because they will not sit down and acknowledge what they have gone through and their body is living with this pain and this loss, then the body starts to get physically ill. Headaches, inability to sleep at night or sleeping too much, changes in appetite, you're starting to eat a lot or eat less. Um, Perhaps some people will even turn to over-the-counter medication or other substances just to help them cope and to help them numb. And also high blood pressure diabetes, heart problems. So these people can get really ill physically. And also what tends to happen is that because feelings that are repressed always, always find their way to the surface, is that they will come across a period in their life where it's almost as if they cannot contain their emotions or they, they, they cannot function normally like they used to and that is just those emotions coming out and say give me attention i always say to some of the clients i work with over grief processes that grief and bereavement are like a visitor and you need to allow them to come in and entertain them and have their time with you so that when they are satisfied and appeased that they have been given that time, they can then say goodbye and leave. However, when you keep them out, they will knock and knock and knock and they will eventually burst themselves into your home. If you need prayer, please send your request to prayer at radiopulpit.co.za 
or WhatsApp 067-429-7564 or go to Radio Pulpit website on www.radiopulpit.co.za You can now buy your favorite programs and series of the past 38 years on eCompanion, Radio Pulpit's own online shop. Revisit programs by beloved presenters like Justice Chungu, Cecile Berger, Esti Geldenais, and Pastor Aaron Jelly. Books and CDs from various authors and artists, as well as Radio Pulpit t-shirts, caps, and other branded products will also be available on eCompanion, your one-stop soul food shop. Visit radiopulpit.co.za and click on shop. T's and C's apply. Do you want to grow your business sales? Do you know that you can advertise on Radio Puppet, Radio Puppet website, the Word for Today magazine, and the Word for You Today magazine at the ridiculously low prices? Yes, you can indeed. Radio Puppet, your daily companion, offers you the platform to grow your businesses at the best affordable prices. Simply contact me, Godfrey Moabi, on godfrey at radiopuppet.co.za or call me on 012-334-1265 and I'll tell you how. Remember, I've made it my business to grow your business. You and 657 AM and Life, a winning team on the road to eternity.